All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And, uh, well, just as you think things are slowing down, things kind of pick back up with Michigan football. And so we've got a few things to be covering tonight. Some of it, I feel, is a little bit on repeat, but... uh, but there yeah. have been some things yeah. that have come out in the past week that we uh, that is new information. It's like a soap opera, man. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much. As the world turns, or as Michigan, something, man. There's always drama going on. So, I mean, not bad drama, but just you know, always something going on with Michigan football. You know, so, yeah. never a dull moment. I'll say that. You know, we usually this is a time where there's a lot of. Not a lot happening, but Michigan always seems to be. There's always something happening. So, yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I uh, I was actually just thinking about it today. Usually, it seems like something's going on with Jim Harbaugh, but this has not been the off season that Jim Harbaugh has been doing much uh, himself individually. But uh, actually, I forgot to mention this uh, before we got started. But Craig, we do have some voicemails. That wow. Came in. Uh, so yeah. I mean, we get voicemails on a kind of off season when not much is going on. Uh, I have a feeling that I know what it's going to be pertaining to, or at least some of it. I don't know. I, I can't, I thought we only had one, but we have two. Well, yeah, I'm guessing I do too. So, yeah. So, all right. Uh, so let's go ahead and get this rolling with the right. voicemails here. I'll get the first one here up and running. What's up, Blue Bros? Uh, this is uh, Sean Campbell, Irish Wolverine, uh, currently in Spring Lake at work, listening to the podcast, um, doing the whole machine operator thing. I, um, you know, I just I got to drop you a line about McKellen um, and the whole shark jumping. Um, that's that, that's not something that I really want to talk about, but uh, I just don't. Uh, I, I got I got to call out what I what I think are inconsistencies and uh, you know you know uh, how how does how does um how does a head coach go uh, go get a uh, wide receiver offensive coordinator job I I don't I I mean I don't see a good football reason to make that jump no pun intended so. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I'm happy about the hire, definitely, with his pedigree, uh, success there at uh, Alabama. But um, I, I this doesn't make any sense uh, just to uh, go do that. So, anyway, love the podcast, and have, uh, have a good one, guys. Go Blue. All right. Thanks, uh, Sean, for that voicemail. Appreciate it. Um, looking at the date and the time on when you did the voicemail, I'm not sure if you li- – because um, that would have been the day that our other podcast came out, so I'm kind of curious if maybe you had listened to that one yet or not because we did uh, talk about some things like that. But, did, Craig, did you want to pick up that conversation and go with it first? Sure. Uh, we dive into our thoughts, you know, within the show, or do we do we have another voicemail or – uh yeah we'll we'll get to okay. the next one uh w- just kind of enough to touch base on this but 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously Sean, we'll have to, you, we're going to touch on that. Caleb and I, we're going to kind of dive into a little bit more, a little bit deeper on some of the, some of the things that came out today and yesterday about uh, McElwain and what his role is and some of the things else, but we're going to go a little bit deeper into that during the show. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that coming up. Yeah, we'll be talking about that more. I mean, like we did, uh, I'll mention this right now before we go to the next one. Uh, we did mention that there are just some coaches that are better coordinators than head coaches. I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, yeah, a coordinator is going to be a, a manager as it is, but um, a head coach manages everything. Right. An offensive coordinator works with just the offense. So, uh, I mean, it just may have come down. And, and also, like, he doesn't have to worry about specifically what coaches he hires, how he handles those coaches, uh, and things like that. And so, uh, f- first of all, I mean, when <clears throat> when you're kind of in a position where you lose a job like that and everything, sometimes it's better if you jump right back into it rather than take a year off. So I kind of feel like he just doesn't want to get out of coaching completely. So I don't know. I mean, like we'll, we'll discuss it further and everything. But those were a couple of things. Uh, some of those thoughts we shared last week. But I did right. kind of want to say that. Where and and I'll go back to the example I used before, where it's just like Don Brown. I mean, I think Don Brown has found his calling and he is happy with where he's at and has no interest at all becoming a head coach. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just taking it from what he's he's said before about different things, but then also how much he's about the defense. And he's even talked about how much he hates offenses. Right. And you're talking about that huge piece that I think Tim, uh, Jim Harbaugh wanted and Don Brown and saw Don Brown at uh, Boston college and liked him and then had a lot of success here. You know, extreme success at Michigan and it just fit. And you know what? A lot of coaching has to do with finding those pieces that seem to work and fit together. And Don Brown was a huge piece to Michigan football and it worked out. So, yeah. So, I mean, who knows, honestly yeah. with, uh, McElwain, like I said, we'll talk more about it. I'm sure. But I mean, maybe he's come to the realization that head coach doesn't work for him and that he is his, the most successful he can be as a coach being a coordinator and it would be amazing to be able to get an offensive coordinator that is that has the same mindset as Don Brown where it's just like this is me this is who I am I can accept it and I enjoy what I'm doing so why do I want to change that mm-hmm. so right. but yeah. we'll see uh and then we'll go ahead and get this uh second voicemail rolling here uh thanks again Sean for your voicemail before we get this one rolling What's going on, fellas? Y'all know who this is. Um, man. This has been one heck of a day. A glorious, glorious day. Glorious. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Tim Jebno for his services. They're no longer needed in Michigan. Michael Wayne is offensive coordinator. As we kind of all knew, uh, shout out to Greg Henson or whomever for reporting that weeks ago. Man, this is, I mean, this, this was needed. This was needed. I'm not saying Jerbno was the whole problem. He was a lot of the problem, though. And this offense has no excuses, not youth, not inexperience, not offensive coordinator, nothing. I mean, 
10 wins, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, is a failure. It has to be 11 or better. It has to be. And you got to beat your rivals. If they're going to lose any one of those games, it better be the first game of the season. And it shouldn't be that because Notre Dame loses four offensive linemen and starting running back. I think six defensive starters. So this is a step in the right direction. Coach Harbaugh had to have heard the fans. He had to, and he had to have used common sense. Like loyalty to your friend is one thing, but, you know, your friend doesn't sign your paychecks. It's about winning. He's at Michigan to win. It's time to win. There are no excuses. Not one. There are no excuses. They got to start winning and winning now. McElwain may be there two years. Who knows? This may prevent them from getting Calvin Anderson. I don't know. You know, maybe some future offensive linemen. But hey, it's time. This was this to me. This was the the chess move. They've been playing checkers. This was a chess move. He had no choice. Drevno was just not getting it done, and that's just the way it is. I hope he thrives at Vanderbilt or wherever he goes. I don't. Know, he might go take a nap. I don't know. But he just couldn't be in Ann Arbor anymore. So, hey, I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. Uh, we should be getting some Shea Patterson news very soon. I, I know what I've been told about a month ago, so I'll just wait for it to be reported. I've been told he's going to be eligible. Um, but we'll see. But, go, hey, y'all keep doing what y'all doing, man. Go Blue. It's time. It's time to win. And and I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to contain my excitement. It's just time to win. Like, man. Man, this was necessary. Now watch, watch McElwain. The guy can coordinate. People don't think he can. Watch the offense this year. Go blue. All right, Stephen with a voicemail. Good to have you back, man. Yeah, it is good to hear him. You know, I have to say something about. Um, I have to give props to Stephen. I mean, you know, sometimes he gets a little, you know, some hits on Twitter and social media about. You know, some of the things, you know, because he's passionate and he loves Michigan football, you can tell. But, uh, you know, he he was there when he said, you know, McElwain's going to come in. Um, uh, you know, he, he obviously said, if you think he's coming in as a, as a receiver's coach, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and <clears throat> he's got some truth there. I mean, he. You know, he's right. Talking about, you know, there are a lot of Michigan fans that probably thought this was a long time coming and watching Drebno, uh move on or resign. And we're going to dive into that a little bit later in the show. But, um, uh, yeah, a lot of Michigan fans are happy because, obviously, when you're, you know, giving up how many sacks did they have, like 36 sacks on the year on the offensive line and only nine touchdowns through the air, something's wrong. And, you know, that's that loyalty thing that Jim Harbaugh has with uh, Drebno is really tough. And, you know, it's your friend. I get that. But uh, I think you and I agree that, you know, it was probably time that Drebno went and he did. So, yeah, I, uh, we'll go ahead and go into this conversation here. I was going to bring uh, I think I was going to have it where we would dive into it later. But it works out to talk about here since the voicemails uh, bring it up. But, yeah, it's um. I had mentioned, I believe it was two episodes ago, that um, I do think I, I did think that McAvoy and Hire was a good hire. I think he's a good guy to have on staff, and um, it. Uh, I mentioned how it's a little dangerous to have so many people involved in running the offense, but you know, I mean, maybe it was a year they were going to test it out and they were kind of going to phase. Drevno out, but it looks like they went ahead and 
did things earlier than I expected. No, I, I, I don't know the details exactly of why. Like, from from the very beginning, from the things that I have found and heard and seen about Harbaugh when, before he even came, officially came to Michigan, is that he always wants people to be treated well um, on their way in or on their way out. Um, but the... Uh, so, for instance, when Hoke um, was let go, uh, they I think there was rumors or whatever that he was going like, to be let go before the end of the season even came and all this other stuff. And if, from the things that I saw, it was partially Jim Harbaugh who expressed interest in, you know, just let him finish out the season, let things go, let things go like they normally do. You know, let him finish the season, then then let's do the transition afterwards. Let's not, you know hurt somebody's reputation or things like that and everybody's different i don't i'm not saying that these are facts these are the things i read and the things i saw and so with drevno it's not too surprising but then again at the same time it is um kind of odd and surprising because he they waited so long and that's yeah, part of the, yeah that's yeah, I was, was going to ask you whether you thought, you know, you're heading there. So talking about did it did it take too long? You know, did it take longer than you thought? Well, okay, let's put it this way. We uh, I remember uh, specifically right after the uh, season started that oh crap um, that the uh, we were saying how there wasn't really that big sexy off season hire thing, mm-hmm. and so it was just kind of like well. They did it, but they did it really late, and they did it in a really odd way, like really odd, because they hired the new person, then they kept Drevno, and then they, like, had both of them at the same time, and then they let Drevno go, or he resigned, as was in quotes, resigned. So he didn't, he technically didn't get fired. I, I don't know. It's very... It's very odd, and I don't. And this is one thing too that I haven't been able to find out is in his contract what is the difference between him getting fired and him resigning, as far as like the buyout. Right. Because speaking of contracts, then McElwain uh, is in an interesting situation. Where is it? Yeah, I mean that's what I was talking about earlier, talking about the you know a little bit of new news, talking about the Freedom of Information Act came out. You know anybody can go there and can look up stuff and figure it out. And then obviously, you're talking about the new uh, the McElwain contract that was just put out. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, part part of it makes sense. Um, I have it in front of me. I don't know if you you do right now. Some of the things that yep. people, people put out there, but. Uh, he, he's on a one-year contract that will pay him $300,000 as the receiver's coach. But in the contract, it does uh, say, indicate the wording is that a, um, if at any point in time during the contract, the title changes to coordinator, the salary will be reassessed. So... Basically, ever since he, it seems like ever since he came on, it's like, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, <laughs> just, just hang out with us for a little while, right? And we're gonna, we're gonna set this up, right? And so, it's like, it's like putting a down payment on an apartment. Yeah, you know, we want to see if you can 
you know, give it a year to see how you do with your apartment. And if you do, then we'll wave. It's like, that's what it seems like. We're going to see how McElwain does and we'll assess it <laughs> and how you do. And then we'll probably say, you know what? You, you did pretty good. So we'll make you offensive coordinator. Wink. Like you said, wink, wink. Well, I don't even know that. What, what it then makes me continue to think is like, okay, maybe they were planning to put like, I don't know if I should say push, but, you know, have Drevno go his own way the whole time, but they hadn't locked in someone slash McElwain yet, so they didn't want to, you know, do one thing before the other, which is a little bit backwards because a lot of times people let somebody go and then they find somebody new. It's not always a, you know, direct, you know, the same week or the, within the same seven days you make those changes. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, maybe they were just being cautionary with it and be like, look, we want, this is our plan. This is what we're, I, I don't know. That That's where my mind goes. It's like they set it up where they're like, okay, we're not going to let Drevno go until we know what we're going to do. And then it's like, okay, we have McElwain. All right, we have him set up, and it's in his contract that if we change it to coordinator, we can change how much we pay him. Yada, yada. I mean, that's that's what it, that's what it looks like and comes across to me. What What's it looking like for you? I'm I'm wondering your thoughts. Well, you're right. I mean, to me, what it just looks like is kind of a short-term version of saying, hey, you know what? You do good. Reassess it, and you'll become – I mean, really, it's going to be kind of like Stephen was talking about. He is more likely going to be the offensive coordinator. That's what it looks like. Like you said, just kind of like this, uh, you know, maybe taking it a little bit easy and not rush into judgment. And then, you know, you got to look at this right now. Michigan hasn't even remotely confirmed that uh, Drevno is uh, resigned as uh, offensive coordinator, even though more likely he has. I mean, there, there's no confirmation from Michigan, but true. Very true. You know, yeah. And so, you know, until they do that, you know, it does look like he's going to end up resigning, like you said. But, you know, if you look at it and you know, how the timing and all this is, is McElwain comes in, he interviews. A lot of people saw him on campus, comes in, and then that's when I think maybe Jim Harbaugh was able to see that McElwain was on board with Michigan. And that's when I think maybe the talks with Drebna was, you know what, probably not working out here. I don't think uh, just my sources – from what I know from a particular person just, you know, told me that, you know, I think that maybe they, he got a little bit pushed out of the door, <laughs> you know, usually you can be forced to resign, you know, probably in a good way. Like, um, you know, I don't think, I don't think there was just a job for Dreb now. I don't think there's any place for him at, on, on this offensive staff. So, um, but, um, you know, that's what's really, really interesting in all this and how it all played out. But I just I assume and I'm predicting that McElwain will become the offensive coordinator just based on the fact is he's not going to want a one year contract just being receivers coach for a year. And then that's it. There's no way. And then he's not going to be able to move on to another job. He's going to want to. This is kind of like a way of just saying, look, you're offensive coordinator. We can't give you that title yet, but it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see how it progresses because is he going to be one of those people who constantly thinks, I can be a head coach, I can do it, or is he going to do more of, okay, I've realized what I'm better suited at? Because that's another thing, too, when when we've talked about, and everybody brings up what he's done at Alabama, but then also people 
break down the numbers and they're like, well, if you look as performance at Alabama, yeah, they won championships, but the offense wasn't that great. And it's like, uh, well, the offense was productive. The offense was stable. The offense got work done. That's the right. thing. And everybody's just like, well, it was the defense more than the offense. And that's like, do you guys realize what has been happening at Michigan the past three years? It has been defense, defense, defense. We don't need, I don't even know. Actually, I was going to look this up ahead of time and I forgot, but I don't even know what the uh, leading offense was for um, last season. But it's just like, we don't need that. UCF, there you go. We don't need to be UCF. We don't need to be Memphis. We don't need to be Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. We for offense because our defense and we've said it for the past three years. Our defense is there, um, yeah. And it's just been specifically the past two years where the offense, if the offense was just marginally better this year, drastically better. We talked about how many games we would have won if we had a offense that was clicking a little bit, even a little bit. Yeah, it would have done. We would have won more games. We would have beat Michigan State. Um, we would have beat a cup. I think maybe we would have not one more win or two, maybe even beat Wisconsin. But, you know, like you said, our defense played excellent throughout the year. Just, just couldn't hold. <laughs> so and the offense, you know, when you have offenses, not scoring whatsoever and get nine touchdowns through the air, it's just, you know, and, and I think what two or three of those were in uh, bombs, um, to the end zone, and yeah, you just you, it it come it it falls on the offensive coach, and Drevno got caught the heat, and I think Jim Harbaugh listened to the fans, and he listened to, I think he knew, you know, and I'll say this, and you know, I might be wrong on something, and I I said earlier in the year in one of our podcasts, and after the South Carolina game and the bowl game, um. I think I said, you know, I did say it was probably Jim Harbaugh's worst coaching um, game I've seen him ever since he was at Michigan. And in some respects, he it was. But I also think that I don't think Jim Harbaugh called all the offensive play calls. I think Drevno did. Oh, and yeah. I th- and, and it was no doubt about it. Um, and we saw it fail miserably. But um, I think that was probably the last straw for Drevno, and probably I think Jim Harbaugh saw that Drevno just wasn't getting it done. So Yeah, well, I, let me say this much. I don't think it was so much that Jim Harbaugh listened to the fans. Each offseason, you hear stories about Jim Harbaugh getting good advice and counsel from different people. Like he's talked yeah. to his brother. He's talked to other coaches. He's talked to his dad. Uh, you hear about that. You heard about that some of the, some of that happening during the season yep. this year, where he talked to his dad and they got away from the running game, and Michigan got back to the running game, and that's when they had that little offensive spurt there, kind of in the middle of the season. Um, but I I don't know if I will so much just say because cause some people are I I don't know I don't really understand because when it's convenient for them they'll be like well, the head coach runs things and he makes all the decisions. So it's all his fault. Yeah. Then they'll turn around at the same thing and be like, Oh, look at all the success for this is a great offensive coordinator. And it's like, okay, where do you draw the line? Because if you're saying that all this is the head coach's responsibility, then essentially you're just saying that the offensive coordinator is a pawn of the head coach. Right. Where right. I believe what, what some of it is, I mean, maybe Jim Harbaugh did call every single play. Let's just say that. But you know what it boils down to? 
who would put the offensive playbook together? That's an right. offensive coordinator. Yeah. An offensive coordinator. So so even if Jim Harbaugh called every single play, let's just go ahead and say he did that, mm-hmm. it could have been the uh, playbook from Crabville, Pennsylvania that he was calling the plays from because the offensive coordinator put it together. Yeah. So you're, I mean, it's still as much as people want to remove the offensive coordinator from the equation, you can't like he is still in there. And uh, so I, I honestly agree with you and don't think Jim Harbaugh called all of the plays. I think, yeah, he had the, the final say and there would be certain times where he would overrule or do whatever, but yeah, I, but that's the thing, too. It's just like you say that about the offense, but then you look at the defense. How yeah. much does Jim Harbaugh get involved with the defense? That's not really Jim Harbaugh's defense. Now, yes, of course, Jim Harbaugh is more of an offensive mind because he's a quarterback coach and things like right. that. But, yeah, those, those are just things that I feel like people are just completely, like, throwing yeah. out. Yeah, do you think that – I mean, do you, <clears throat> I'll throw this out. Do you think Jim Harbaugh was um, – in a way, this year seemed to be less micromanaging than he used to. I mean, obviously, I don't believe he micromanages whatsoever on the defense. I think you can tell that's like almost 90% Don Brown right there. And then the offense, you know, did he not? Did Jim, you know, you got to look at look at Jim Harbaugh's demeanor this year. It was a little bit different than it has been in the past couple of years before that. Um, it seemed like he was letting Drevno. Maybe he said, you know what, Drevno, I'm going to try to put my faith in you and see what you can do this year and kind of gave him the reins, and it just didn't seem to work out. And I think Jim Harbaugh knew that um, throughout the year and just knew that it was just wasn't getting any better um, and then knew that he probably needed to do something in the offseason. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little tough to tell, um, yeah. but I, I'm not writing it off. But it is a little tough to tell exactly, so – yeah, I mean, and then you got, uh, you know, Pep still there and Pep Hamilton and then, you know, Warner and and then now you got McElwain. But, uh, yeah, it is interesting how Michigan right at this moment hasn't confirmed that Drevno is out and, you know, officially they haven't said anything. So, which is a little surprising. Maybe they're just waiting for Drevno to get established on where he wants to go and what's he, what he wants to do. I don't know, unless something changes by then. But, um, you know, you got to – you know, I think it was the right move uh, at the time. I think what it does is it kind of, uh, like you said, I think Jim Harbaugh is getting good counsel from a lot of people, a lot of coaches on what he wants to do. And McElwain was a good hire. Um, I think it's a great hire because he's so unconventional, like I've said before. Uh, he's one of those coaches, I think, that just kind of mixes it, mixes it up. And I think it throws off a lot of defenses. So you need to look about look at that with McElwain, look at his tape, look at the way he coaches. Um, he isn't very, he is totally not vanilla in his play calling. So um, that's a good thing for Michigan. So, yeah, well, um, I'll honestly say, you know, I know it's a little different with uh, some of this stuff on how it's going, but I, I, I'm happy with what all in all has kind of happened because um I, we, we talked about that 
there was no sexy hire after the season was over with and everything. I, I have no real say or input on exactly how it went down. It's weird. I don't really understand it. But I my main worry my main worry at the beginning was there was going to be no change on the offense, which everybody felt there needed to be some kind of a change on the offense. Mm-hmm. Then it came down to they um got McElwain, and he was going to be on staff. And then uh, then my concern turned to, okay, now we're going to have, like, maybe a headbutting issue or too many cooks in the kitchen, and this might kind of overflow and kind of explode and cause chaos. Uh, but then they, you know, within a week, they, they changed that. So I don't understand at all how they're going about doing it, but I can say – that where we sit right now, I know that it hasn't become official, but a lot of uh, things are pointing in specific directions. I am pleased with the direction that's going uh, for Michigan football into the 2018 season. Yeah, me too. And, you know, it's um, I I think the direction is a positive direction. I think it's a drastic dire- direction on the offense. You can see. Um, and it's what Michigan needs. We need something drastic than what it was last year. Um, I think I think a lot of it, like Stephen was talking about, is even on the Shea Patterson and what happens with that, which is the rulings coming down soon, which I think is going to be a very, very big deal for Michigan because I think like we were talking about earlier in our last show was talking about the rankings and us being mm, – somewhere in that power rankings around uh, at 11. And I think that's probably because they're banking on Shea Patterson starting. So, and I fully agree that I think just my, my take is I think Shea Patterson will be able to play for Michigan. Um, I think it will go through uh, just based on what happened at Ole Miss, but uh, that would be a big thing. And I think even McElwain might be looking at that too, as you know, something he can work with too. So, um, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of things that need to happen. Um, obviously the confirmation of Drevno moving on and then McElwain and figuring out what, you know, his role is going to be even the role of Warner. I mean, what does Warner go? He comes in as an offensive analyst. Does he move on to, <laughs> I mean, does he go to an offensive line coach after that? I mean, does he get promoted too? So it's like, you know, one person leaves and then they get bumped over. <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. So you got Warner could move in from, you know, he comes in as just an analyst, an analyst, and then now he could be offensive line coach. So um, that's really interesting too. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of puzzle pieces still need to be kind of put in place. But I really, really like the direction that Michigan's going right now. Yeah, for sure. It, it's crazy to kind of see how it's going, but well, like we said, it's going in positive direction so we'll watch it as it goes and we'll keep you guys informed as it trucks along um so then i I, yeah so i i I don't really (laughs) i i don't know if we necessarily need to apologize that that has been a running thing that's three or more episodes now here in a row that we've been talking between drevno and mcwain and everything but that's kind of how it's progressed so yeah that's the way that it's been running but uh, we do have a couple other things to bring up this week. One of them, uh, I'll hand it off to you because we talked about it. So whichever one you want to bring up next, Craig. Well, do you have the list or the dates for the 
the spring dates for uh, Michigan. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Can you read that? Yeah, I don't have them with me. Uh, March 23rd, 25th, 27th, 29th, 31st. Then in the month of April, it's the 3rd, 5th, 7th, 10th, 12th, 14th is the spring game, 16, 18, 21, and 24. Okay. All right. All right. That's interesting. Anything out of there pop out at you or anything like that? So I know they still have a their program well they still have a trip to france correct in april um so i, I think they're going to paris i believe so and then i believe normandy that's the next place they'll be going so and i don't think the dates on that have been released so i think they're still waiting on that but um yeah those are the dates for the spring practice which is going to be uh pretty interesting i mean i think it's the same time i know i'll be there um I'm going to plan on going this time. Uh, hopefully you and I can get there together. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, you know, just to announce that the spring dates are out there is pretty cool. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I've got for that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, of course, that everybody looks for is the uh, spring game. So, uh, yeah, if you've got that, mark it on your calendars, try and see if you can go, I can't. Did you go last year? I can't remember. I did. Yep. Okay. I, I I didn't go last year. I know that. Um, so if uh, we're able to go, of course, we'll keep you guys informed and everything, and we'll see how that uh, progresses with everything. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much more too much about that. You guys can see find that on social media. So those are again March and April dates for the spring practices. Um. Yeah, yeah. that's most of with that. Then the other thing that we have to bring up and to mention is uh, there are changes each and every year, and there was an announcement then this past week about a player that's going to be transferring for their fifth year. Um, so Drake Harris, uh, former wide receiver for Michigan, is going to be staying in-state, and he's uh, heading to Western Michigan. Yeah, yeah, good for him. I mean, obviously, Jack Harris seems to be one of those players that seem to be at Michigan for quite a long time. Um, but uh, he, he's a talented guy, really tall, six foot four, one hundred and eighty eight pound receiver uh, or athlete. But um, just, I think one of the things that I feel bad for him is he just never was able to stay healthy. Very, uh, he, he isn't. He doesn't have a big body, so. But um, he made some pretty good catches with Michigan, but uh, he just couldn't stay on the field. And that was really tough for a guy who's a blue chip uh, athlete uh, out of, uh, I believe he's out of Grand Rapids Christian High School. Um, it just He was a great athlete, and I think he was originally going to go to Michigan State, and then Michigan was able to nab him. But, uh, yeah, he was one of those guys I think every year you and I, we were talking about that might be fill into that uh, third second and third receiver role because he did have a big frame, but just never could get on the field because he had a lot of health issues and just, you know, it's one of those things where you just felt bad for the kid because he just a lot of talent, but, um, always banged up. But, uh, I think going to Western will be good for him. I think they can use him there, but, um, yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, he just, you know, he always had, uh, injuries earlier in his career. 
Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we might hear how his uh, the end of his college career goes uh, since he's so close. Well, yeah, so close to home and going to Western Michigan then. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say. There is something that I forgot to mention because I looked it up uh, and kind of going back to um, Irish Wolverine's voicemail and everything. Mm-hmm. I did look up because um, like we mentioned, it. Uh, going back to, you know, questioning why is a head coach going to an offensive p- coordinator position? Um, I already mentioned how, you know, sometimes some of them are not cut out for it. Some are just that into coaching that they don't want to not work. You know, um, I have somebody, a relative of mine who I, 70? who hasn't retired because he just does not want to quit working. I mean, yeah, like we always, we always have the conversation. It's just like, dude, you know, you could like get a hobby or do some kind of quote unquote work to stay busy. But no, for, for him specifically, he's working. He like, he is driven to work a job. What, however that is, that's him. Um, so maybe he just wants to make sure that he's working and then maybe he'll do something, a change for next year. Or maybe, depending with the contract and everything, since they're going to be changing the salary, they can change the length of the contract as well. Well, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but the one th- quick thing that I was able to look up, um, you know, if if you can't succeed as a head coach and you still want to keep coaching, you ha- basically have – Basically, you have two choices. Sometimes you can have three. But the two basic choices you have is you can become a head coach at a lesser school, like right. Division Two, maybe a low Division One or something like that, um, like going from kind of, I guess it would be in reverse here, going from like, say, uh, if it was McWayne, he could go from Florida to a San Diego State or something like that. Right, right. Um, or further from there and everything, but, or, um, you have the choice to go from a head coach to a coordinator at still a relatively big program. Uh, those are the two kind of the two main options. If you're wanting to stay in coaching, the other coaching option is perhaps there would be something, somebody in the NFL that might want you, but if you fail at being a head coach in college, most uh, it seems like there's usually not a lot of draw there right (laughs) so that's why i say really there's kind of two options so really this happening doesn't shock me and surprise me and i go back to what i said before i know that alabama didn't have the sexiest offense but they had a capable and a reliable offense score points right yeah and And that's what we need if we had scored i looked it up Michigan averaged just over 25 points a game. If Michigan could have averaged just 30 or a little bit above 30 points a game this year, yeah, you could have looked at completely different outcomes potentially for several games where instead of being 8-5, it could have been uh, 10-3 or maybe even 11 because three three of those games were still relatively close. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you, know, you made a great point. You're talking about Mac, you know, talking about, uh, you know, a coaches coming in and taking and 
uh, offensive coordinator or assistant coaching jobs in that way. I mean, look at Chiano over at OSU, Buckeyes. I mean, you're talking about a guy who went from uh, did a relatively pretty good job at Rutgers. I mean, he had uh, Ray uh, uh, Rice as their um, their run, his running back, and he was successful there. He actually beat Michigan and did a really, really good job over at Rutgers. And then it just seemed to be, you know, he didn't, in fact, he had so much success there. He didn't even want to take the Michigan job. Remember when he was up for the Michigan job <laughs> or there rumors running around that Michigan might hire Shiano and somehow, you know, at Rutgers, it didn't work out where he wanted a bigger gig and it, it just didn't work out. And so he went on to be the defensive coordinator at uh, Ohio state and look how successful he was there. I mean, he, they they wanted to keep him. In fact, there are rumors of him even leaving for the uh, NFL at the at the moment. And then I believe Urban Meyer wanted to keep him and did whatever he could to keep him. And so they did. And the the Ohio State fans that I know were very very happy that Shiano stayed. Um, and that's like Don Brown to us. But um, you're right. There's guys that just seem to fit the role perfectly. And, you know, you give them the, the money that they need to stay and you try to keep them loyal to, you you know, what you're building there. And Chiano's one of those guys who's a great coordinator, just not a very good coach at the time. And um, it probably knows that. And that's probably a good thing for him. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. Bleh. It will be interesting. Gotta spit that word out. Interesting to see how things go with. Uh, back away because I I really am curious if he gets in his mind where he's just like you know I'm I'm happy maybe maybe he sees how happy and successful Don Brown is I mean that that's the thing that I believe that you could only hope and love to have happen as a head coach where it's just like my two biggest pieces are not going to be going anywhere for like five years because right. how awesome would it have been if we're sitting here right now and we still had Jed fish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure things would be a little bit better. Not saying that history would have been completely rewritten, but mm-hmm. you know, if I you... will say this though, might be a little bit controversial. <laughs> if we had Jed fish, I would probably say spate went up left. I think he would have been here another year. Yeah. But quite, quite possible. Spate. And maybe when we wouldn't have run through three quarterbacks this year that's right yeah i know you know i think he would have returned i don't think he would have left because i think those two had a good rapport with each other but uh yeah i mean i and then of course i don't know you're talking about shea patterson more than likely it's funny how things work out you know if that was the case i'm not sure shea patterson would have came or decided to come to michigan if if he knew that wilton spate was here and it was his job to to lose so i think that shea patterson just saw and said hey i have a really big opportunity for a really good team a really young team who uh who now has a game time experience with the receivers tight ends you know offensive line defense to build something really great so oh yeah oh shoot there was one other thing that i wanted to say um before let me see there was something here just fitting in with the whole like um uh head coaches and assistants and kind of a thing and everything um if anybody recognizes the name bobby williams 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michigan State uh, um, head coach, mm-hmm. 99 to 2002. Um, he was uh, an assistant under Saban, and then he became a head football coach. And now he's just a special assistant to Nick Saban at Alabama. So, I mean, yeah, he was sure he was a head coach at a relatively predominant program, Michigan State. But, you know, I mean, he, t- he definitely took a step down uh, for things like that. And then I'm really kind of curious to see how things will wind up going. I, I, he might do okay and everything, but he's just such a unique individual. Um, but also yeah. Lane Kiffin. He had, right. he, uh, it's hard to say what would have happened at Tennessee because he dumped out after a year. But then you saw how things backfired with USC. And then he had his weird stint with uh, Alabama. Uh, as an uh, um, assistant coach and everything, and now he's back being a head coach, but for Florida Atlantic. So, I mean, is it going to work? Who, I mean, maybe, maybe it won't. So, it's it's different for everybody. So, just because uh, somebody becomes a head coach doesn't mean that that winds up being the the right fit for him. So, yeah, 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 and you know, it's you know, we you and I know that whole. Um, talking about Bobby Williams and being in Michigan state and, you know, in that time that we had to play him, I think was that in the Lloyd Carr era. Um, and you know, we did a really, really good job of playing him, but yeah, he, you know, he was, what was the uh, receiver of tight ends coach over at Alabama during his stint over there? Something like that in 2008. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he's moving on. looks like, uh, yep. Yeah. Good luck to him. Yeah, so every every path is different. We'll be watching this and we'll be seeing. I'm sure there'll be more information as the off season progresses. So, Craig, is there anything else before we kind of close things off here? No, I mean obviously we, <laughs> you and I are hoping we don't have to talk about McElwain again, <laughs> but we're hoping you know maybe within the next week or week, maybe by the time we do our next show we can maybe get an understanding of what's going to happen to Shea Patterson. So, yeah. And hopefully we can get him on board and able to play this year. That'd be really nice. Yep. So hopefully maybe next time when we meet, we'll have information about that. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, a lot of things happening, uh, good things happen with Michigan football. I think uh, a lot of the fans that you and I, um, in contact with on social media excited about what's where michigan football's heading um i know there's a lot of things up in the air right now but everybody likes the direction that's going but you know i wanted to say we you and i really do have some great fans i mean people that listen to the show and call into the show they just have good insight they don't always have to agree with us but they're just very um, they're smart. They know what they're talking about. And you and I just really, really appreciate the calls and the phone calls and the people that literally listen to the show, give us a lot of props on social media. Um, and we really, really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's good to point out and everything. And we'll have to do something here during the off season. Um, cause we did something, I think was our first year. Maybe it was our second year. Uh, we did like a little prize giveaway thing. And so I think it's going to be easier for us to tackle maybe during the off season. So we'll try to get some set up on uh, something cool to do for our listeners and everything, because small, small token of appreciation. 
But yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we appreciate you guys, and we always enjoy your insight, your voicemails, uh, you just listening and hanging out with us for uh, what about an hour an hour a week. So, um, but we hope you guys had a good weekend. It's kind of early on here, but we hope that your week plows right on through. That goes well for you. Uh, the weather is nicer if you're in Michigan. Hopefully it stays that way. And yeah, we'll- stay away from the potholes, man. Yeah. I mean, what is it like with you? It's just like I'm driving around in circles. And I'm swerving all over the place. I'm like either on my phone. You know, people think I'm on my phone or drunk, and I'm not. I'm just the potholes are crazy, man. It's that time of year, man. It's yeah. If you don't have a truck or something, your your axle is going to be broken. <laughs> yeah, so, that's Michigan for you, right, man? Oh Just, yeah. What happens? Don't uh, bring any recruits around this time of year. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, let them avoid the <laughs> avoid fill in those potholes. Get out there. <laughs> yeah. The road, you know. Yeah, but uh, every, uh, things happening every week. We will keep you guys up to date. Uh, if you guys want to contact us, there's always the email, bluebrothersportscast at gmail.com. On Twitter, like we've mentioned, at bluebros underscore, and then either Caleb or Craig can talk to us, follow us, and talk to us uh, and uh, chat with us on there. And our favorite is the voicemails. Great, easy to integrate into the episodes. You can call that number. It's 551 551- Two five eight three two seven six. Again, that's five five one blue bro. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We uh, hope that you can avoid the potholes. Hope that your weather goes well wherever you are, and we'll finish off with go blue. Go blue.